Hello friends and welcome to Virtual Strangers 49. I'm your host Wes. With me, as always, my good friend Roots. Roots, one week my friend, one week to go and then the world as we know it is going to change forever. Uh, how's your uh, hype level? That's uh, good. I'm just hoping that somehow um, it doesn't get canceled by the coronavirus like everything else. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, I saw something today and there were people were saying on Reddit that um, that they need to release it early um, and because of the coronavirus. So people have something to play. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty. Save us, Lord Gavin. Yes. Save us. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, I thought that ain't happening, dude, but uh, it would be nice. So, uh, you know, we, we've kind of mentioned it before that uh, uh, when it comes to the backlog and all the stuff we want to play, uh, after after next week, I mean, it's done, right? It's forever backlog after that. Uh, what are you going to do with your last week of uh, freedom before you get locked down? Uh, I've already been <laughs> get locked down for sure. Um, I've been, uh, I, I beat Astrobot. I beat, um, uh, what was the other one? I've almost beat Blood and Truth. Farpoint, I beat Farpoint. So I'm trying to go through and, and beat all the the PlayStation VR games. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty much it. Just trying to finish some games, you know, taking a page out of uh, Mame Fan's book. So you've done it there. Yeah, he's back on his uh, PSVR, at least for a minute. Uh, I know the other day he went back in finally to uh, check out Here They Lie because the first time he tapped out before it picks up. Mm. You know, you got to at least get to the red light district before you... Uh, get going on that one the game is so and, weird uh, so weird. yeah yeah he said he had this <laughs> weird um vr motion thing like uh uh something uh, he thought maybe it was a, a comfort setting or something was making it look weird hmm. uh, i don't remember but i mean it's been a long time since i've been into that game and even longer since i uh fooled with the settings on it so uh i don't know i don't know but he did make it uh a little further in and uh saw some of the weird stuff so oh, that's, good. that's pretty cool yeah that is cool did he uh he's finished far point right what a good ending to that one although it was very um weird you know like you were saying yeah, it kind of leaves it open you know so yeah it's ambiguous you know some people would say no that it's clear that that the game game over right no sequel but uh i, I feel like they left enough doubt in there into what actually is happening that uh, any good science fiction writer could uh, work their way out of that paper bag in five minutes, right? Yeah, that blew me away. There was like a, the point when you got to um, a really bunch of uh, long cutscenes, right? And you know they they fall in love, and you know you get the baby, and all the you know all the stuff, and then all of a sudden it takes that turn, and I was like, oh, what the fuck, you know? And then you're thrown back into the action. That was some pretty good action for sure. It was definitely yeah, crazy. Yeah, man, and have you ever, I don't want to give too much away about the twist and what happens with the story, but uh, I was very impressed with the competency of the uh, NPC, the main non-playable character that, uh, that, that you have in that game. I've never really had a co-op experience with AI that, that was that seamless before. You know, I was kind of this. I got a little salty, Wes. I'll, I will admit because as I was going through, and I I felt like I was doing all the work, and the NPC was bitching at me while they were in this <laughs> mechanized shell, and they were all safe, and I was like, "Fuck you," you know. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool how um 
just everything about it it was definitely different i was not expecting it um even that that was a twist when when i first ran into that person and i was like wow i you know i i, I totally was not thinking you know it was different than what i thought it was good we're right. dancing all around this thing <laughs> if you haven't played farpoint yeah. by now you probably should but uh it's definitely worth playing for. well i mean if you haven't played it by now just chill out for for nine months because ps5 is coming and it's going to put a a whole fresh new layer of uh gloss on all these old psvr games uh i would i would hope so anyway that right out the box there's going to be some kind of super sampling or something that that uh that improves this stuff without the uh developers having to patch it yeah yeah me too but uh no um yeah so you know a week away a week to work on on the backlogs uh i really don't know what i'm going to get into you know we've been meaning to to hit those uh, arcade style racers for months now and we finally got a uh you know a chance to do that this past week and I, I really enjoyed that and maybe maybe we'll even do more of it this week just because uh we kind of just scratched the surface with them um but we're going to be doing a uh, a comparison discussion of all these kart racers and battle racers and arcade style racers uh that we have in vr so like we played uh, uh mini motor x racing we played touring carts and dash dash world uh we played death lap uh, I've got Radio G, um, the one for Quest, Radio G Proteus. I'm going to be checking that out. And we're going to compare all these on the Monday show Monday. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Besides, outside of that, I don't really know what I'm going to spend this week on. I may get back into some Saints and Sinners. It's been a while since I got into that. Um, boneworks possibly and you know it's been a long time since i've even been in asgard's wrath mm. probably the most deserving of the bunch um but yeah once once next monday rolls around you know that's it because not only is half-life alex coming out but then we have about 10 days of releases uh where we're gonna get four or five like banging games right there in that one little window so uh yeah if we don't have the backlog caught up by that point i feel like it's 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 over yeah well we have a lot of we'll have a lot of games to play um new games to play in quarantine so it'll be good right so <laughs> right well yeah, like you said there we may have a lot of time on our hands we may be uh catching our backlog up uh a little sooner than we think because you know we've talked about the impact of the coronavirus on vr and the gaming industry as a whole uh, a few times over the past month to six weeks uh, but over the last couple of weeks we've kind of been trying to avoid it we don't want to rail too heavy on it uh, it's a dis depressing subject to be honest uh, but you know it's gotten to the point now where we kind of need to revisit it and address the elephant in the room once more because coronavirus is indeed laying waste to all of the spring and summer gaming conventions and uh this you know they've been, one by one they've been following the motor world congress no more the game developers conference no more and uh just this past week the granddaddy of them all fell e3 2020 has officially been canceled due to the coronavirus uh roots you know 
we knew this was coming. The writing's been on the wall for a few weeks now, but now it's official. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I was telling you right before we started filming, I I think for most people, myself included, um, all of these shows, you could do them all remotely, all uh, online, and, and it would be no different for me. Uh, there's not any difference. I, I could have the exact same experience, and most people as well, you know, except for the people that travel to the show, um, and you were even saying, you know, they've been, these have been kind of fading away the last three years anyway. Um, so maybe this will be a trend. Maybe a lot of these shows will never come back, you know, to live. I, I just don't see the point of a lot of them. So, um, I think it sucks, but at the same time, I think, um, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, when it comes to these kind of things, uh, the relevance of each event kind of varies from event to event. And when you talk about E3, I mean, it's the largest, still technically the largest gaming conference in the world, uh, held in Los Angeles every June. Um, but when we talk about E3 specifically, I, I kind of feel like the relevance of it has declined over the past few years. And it took a pretty heavy blow last year when Sony pulled out and decided that they were going to do their own announcements like you said, uh, online, uh, and uh, I feel like this year it would have largely been about the uh, Xbox, you know, the the Xbox Series X launch, which I have absolutely zero interest in. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, it sucks to see, you know, the the industry taking hits like this, but at the end of the day, uh, more people home. Uh, due to the coronavirus, it's just going to be more people at home playing games, and people are going to, uh, you know, need that distraction. So as long as the economy doesn't get busted, I kind of feel like this could end up being a good thing, a net positive for the gaming industry as a whole. Yeah, definitely more time played for sure. So now, when uh, when it comes to E3, like I said, not much uh, relevance. Uh, as far as VR goes, you know, Sony, like I said, they started doing their state of play addresses and we're due one. I, I imagine the next one will be fairly soon and, and probably uh, have a lot to do with PlayStation 5 because they've, they've kind of been, you know, tight lipped uh, when it comes to the PS5 news. Normally in a console launch year, we, we have more info by now. Uh, so I imagine it's coming at any time. But uh, from a VR perspective, uh, even last year, it was all about the E3 upload VR showcase, right? And we just got word this past week that the E3 VR showcase will, in fact, return. So it doesn't matter that there's no E3. Uh, the showcase will go on, and uh, they're not even sure that they're going to call it the E3 showcase because there's no E3, right? But they have assured us that... Um, that it is coming back. They have uh, plans to make it, quote, bigger and better this year. And for those of you who don't remember, last year we got reveals for After the Fall, Pistol Whip, Budget Cuts 2, and we got some uh, substantial Boneworks uh, pre-release footage last year. So uh, Roots for me, the E3 VR Showcase is what it's all about. And it uh, seems like it's just going to be business as usual for those guys. Yeah. Well, like you said, maybe it'll be even better. Maybe they'll go out of their way because they're not doing everything else to uh, to make that better. So 
I don't know. I it, like you said. That's all I care about anyway. I don't care about Xbox. I don't care about the flat games coming out. I just don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Xbox were were you know supporting even like the Rift platform, uh, I would be immensely interested in it and I'm considering purchasing one uh, because I got to imagine even if it was uh, you know uh, like a Rift or a WMR support on Xbox, uh, I would imagine that they would have at least you know two or three exclusives that only run on the console. So, uh, you know, I would immediately become interested if they carry VR, but the fact is that they're just not. Uh, but when it comes to the E3 VR showcase, um, they're promising this year that they're going to have more games, massive trailers, and some first looks at some of the best titles coming our way over the next year. Um, upload just growing, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're quickly becoming the, uh, the main hub for news and information in the VR sphere. Yeah, it's crazy to watch uh, watch it grow, right? You know, but they're doing everything right. I mean, all the different ar um, articles they put out, they're all top notch, so. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, no nothing's perfect, but uh, they're developing the uh, credibility within the larger, you know, sphere of, of developers and gaming companies. Uh, they're getting access like no one else has. And at the bottom, uh, or at the end of the day, uh, I guess it doesn't really matter how good your writers are or uh, how passionate they are about VR. If they're only ones getting, if they're the only ones that are getting the scoop, then that it's the place to go for the news, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all about uh, that access, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, before the, we started the show here, um, I mentioned to you that that you're right. Most of these gaming conferences really don't mean much at the end of the day but the uh the one that was really a big blow to lose this year was the game developers conference the gdc and uh kind of bummed out about that one because it, you know specifically facebook and oculus used the gdc as kind of that first big event to to reveal some of their uh larger announcements of the year and uh i was kind of bummed out when they postponed the game developers conference but this past week facebook has detailed uh, a plan to reveal new vr games at an online developers showcase in lieu of the game developers conference so no gdc roots but that's okay because facebook's kind of going to go the route of nintendo direct sony state of play and uh, they're going to do their own little online uh, event and uh give us the announcements that they were planning on giving us at the gdc yeah like i said nothing changes for me and uh i think it's great let me see the the new stuff you know um i think i believe this is going to be the new norm you know they're just going to start fading away from having everybody go to these conferences that don't need to have everybody there um for the ones that like this you know where you want to have maybe i don't know i don't even know if any of them really need you know everything that you just said they're going to do is the same stuff. So I just don't see that the, the point of, of the big um, in-person thing. I don't know. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. It is the same stuff. And I kind of feel like Oculus is uh, as they've been known to do, they're going to kind of take it up a notch from what Sony and, and uh, Nintendo have done. And uh, instead of just having like a, a 20 minute 
you know video or a, or an hour long presentation you know facebook uh let's see they were their uh the showcase is scheduled to run from march 16th through the 19th so this is a three-day deal and uh, during that uh event we're going to get blog posts on the oculus blog that reveal new games new footage and they're even doing uh three of their workshops you know they always put on these workshops to help uh aspiring game developers with uh what they feel is important and they they generally pick different stuff each year to try to focus on and work with developers uh they're even doing that stuff online on three different ones uh so really uh, the good majority of what they were, would have done at gdc with the except uh with the exception of the hands-on demos uh they're going to be able to do it all online oh cool well people can demo it when they buy it later so i don't know yeah um you know we kind of touched on it last week and uh the world at large kind of isn't prepared for it just yet but you know initially we thought that the impact of this virus may uh, keep supply down until the general population just loses interest in vr because we had all that momentum right and people finally want headsets and now there's no headsets so we kind of wondered will they still want them when this subsides well uh if nothing else i think that this could uh outline the importance of having a headset because uh if everyone had headsets right now then we wouldn't be giving this stuff a second thought because all we would have to do is just have an online conference and uh slip right into the headset and we could be there we could be in los angeles or tokyo or wherever they wanted to put us and uh i think it's just a matter of time uh before we reach this point where the general public are going to have access to things like that because even if you had an oculus go you could use it to that effect, right? Well, think about this, like, and I don't know how they would do the technology, but okay, say so you you paid your ticket to go to the GDC or whatever, and you go in, and instead of waiting in a queue line for two hours to try a demo, you could demo it right there on your headset. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like it, it just, I don't know. I don't know how you could prevent people from, um, you know, recording it and all the other stuff that they probably wouldn't want people doing. But uh, I just think it'd be cool, you know, so. That's a great idea, like online playable demos during these things. But it's like a, a time thing. Like you can't play it outside the three-day window. Like it, people who attend the online event can demo, you know, whatever they're, they're demoing this year. Uh, it looks like they've uh, confirmed Pistol Whip, Beat Saber, uh, The Room VR, A Dark Matter, Lies Beneath, and Phantom Covert Ops. So let's say they, they were going to do a demo of Phantom Covert Ops. Uh, we just have to log in, right, and play it for a few days. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, right? Right, and then you don't have to share headsets with the, the general population and risk getting uh, the Wuhan flu or, or whatever they're calling it. <laughs> the Chinese days. Wuhan flu, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, for sure yeah you know it's funny because um i didn't want to put that sweaty headset on from somebody else a year ago i sure as hell don't want to do it now man i don't definitely you you want you there's just too much weirdness going on out there i don't i don't need to get the wuhan so. okay Hypo hypothetical situation roots let's say the gdc not canceled this year 
everything just the same as it is now, only they're going ahead with the event. And Roots and West get complimentary tickets, airlines, hotel room, the whole deal. They're going to fly us out. Anthony's paying for it because oh, he's just that kind of guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. 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 Job, Job hit the lottery and took care of Anthony, and Anthony's taking care of us. <laughs> um, we get out there, and Facebook is doing live demonstrations of the Half Dome 3 prototype, the one that's really tiny, uh, that has the electronic varifocal lens, uh with the eye tracking and the whole nine they're giving out demos today with the world in the state that it's in do you demo that headset uh, maybe you know if they had like um some uh mist of iodine or not iodine um silver you know some uh colloidal silver that they could mist over it or something you know i'd say a prayer and and uh believe in psalms 91 and i think i'd be okay i think i would i think i'd go do it and uh and then and then hope for three weeks what a world you know where they just carelessly toss aside everything and just say screw it man vr is more important than the uh than the wuhan but yeah it's crazy <laughs> well um you know back to reality here i, I definitely <laughs> think you're onto something with the uh paid subscription online events uh, I was just thinking this this past week, you know, all of the major sporting events have canceled, uh, you know, their, their live uh, games because, you know, they can't have the public in there. It's being banned by the various state governments. Uh, what an opportunity for Next VR, right? They could do these these games in an empty house uh, with with state of the art VR cameras. And uh, those of us who have headsets could attend. And uh, maybe I wouldn't pay for an NBA game. But, um, for example, the UFC, they haven't canceled any events. They have their own gym in Las Vegas. And if the state government is canceling uh, a live event, they're just having it on their own campus uh, for the cameras. So if they would just set up some, you know, high-quality 3d vr 180 cameras uh i would absolutely buy a virtual ticket to, to watch this stuff live in vr and that's something they could do today to uh to further monetize their product in these difficult times yeah that'd be a good idea you know notice these owners as soon as they started talking about um uh doing what you just said with not having an audience in there is quickly banned it you know and said ah oh, we're not my thought, at least anyway, is they weren't going to have not have an audience there. That's where they make all the money, right, is the, the, the fans coming. And if you're just playing it for TV, it's just not enough people watching. So Yeah, well, that, that's why you got to love the UFC because they're, uh, the, the way that their uh, pay scale, their, their monetary structure is heavily dependent upon their television mm -hmm. contract. They're making a lot of money from ESPN to have these fights. And uh, it makes total sense for them. And it just so happens that they just built this state-of-the-art gym that's also like a TV studio uh, so that they can have their own fights right there in their own headquarters and uh, broadcast it live all over the world on a moment's notice. Wow. Uh, it's, it's perfect for, for them. And, uh, yeah, they're going to lose out on a lot of uh, – ticket sales 
uh, but I'm glad to see there's a, that there's at least one institution in this country that's not just shutting everything down like everything else is, and uh, they're they're doing what they can to uh, uh, go on, you know, life as usual. Yeah, it's crazy. Now let me ask you this: you know, there's a lot of people that are throwing caution to the wind and saying airline tickets are cheap and they want to go travel. Um, I I think it's crazy, but you know, I mean, to each their own, but uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that you're going to go take any trips anytime soon? Maybe go to Fiji or something. You might not get back. Yeah. They might shut down flights by the time you try to come back, but who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take a, a trip outside the United States right now, but if we're talking about getting on a cruise ship and just roaming around in some international waters, Hell yeah, weasels down. Hell no, I'm not going on a plane or a cruise ship or any of this stuff. No, I didn't want to do that anyway. I don't even like going up up the road. I just want to stay in my room. Uh, so, uh, you know, people start talking about shutting down businesses and everybody staying home. I'm just like, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Yeah, you're like, well, I can afford to take a couple weeks off, right? If no, in all seriousness, no, I can't. But uh, you would think that at the very least we would get um, that we would get uh, unemployment. Uh, we'd be able to draw it's like sixty percent of your pay, something, uh, so, something like that. Short-term disability, if you were to come down with it. Right now, you know, we talked about it at work. Right now, their plan is uh, we're just treating it like a normal illness. Uh, if you if you have to stay home with it. Uh, you can draw short-term disability uh, mm. with your insurance. Uh, but they're trying, they're talking to the corporate office and trying to see that if someone gets put on a mandatory quarantine, if they can just give them full paid time off for the entire two weeks. Yeah, because if you're or, being or forced, you know, it's it's a little bit different, you know. Although, you know, it's funny because everybody keeps throwing that two weeks thing and and I think it's like up to 27 days they say it can be there. So I don't know the two weeks is, is going to cut it, bro. But yeah. anyway, let's get it back on the rails. Um, <laughs> Way off the, topic. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the Facebook event, again, March 16th at 5 p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. GMT. So that's like uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And running all the way through March 19th. Um, again, mostly blog posts. Uh, we already went over the confirmed titles. Not clear yet if there's going to be new game announcements, but uh, I got to imagine that there's going to at least be one big announcement, or we might get like um, like uh, uh, footage of, say, like Medal of Honor, like some real substantial footage of medal of honor would be awesome right yeah weren't we supposed to get lone echo 2 in march too that was a rumor back in the day somebody had said that today on reddit i thought i'm, th I'm thinking it was may okay yeah, that one's supposed to come out all right uh but i don't know i don't know for sure so maybe we'll hear some news um, on that too who knows you'd, you'd think so wouldn't you yeah i mean that's a that's a big title uh i mean obviously the importance of it diminishes day by day as as we get further removed from uh, Gen One, uh, but still, it's a big deal. Uh, even even at this late hour, uh, Lone Echo is still Lone Echo. Yeah. You know? Yep. 
but uh, you know, Facebook's missed opportunity of having this developer conference in VR, like uh, you know, they have the technology to do so, uh, like no other company in the world. Their missed opportunity is not being missed by HTC because we found out just last week that HTC is hosting its next developer conference in VR amid coronavirus concerns. Uh, so this is the so-called Virtual Vive Ecosystem Conference, and it's slated to take place on March 19th. Uh, so the day that the Oculus event ends, HTC's event begins, and this one is 100% in VR. They're using the platform Engage, and if you're not familiar with what Engage is, it is an education and training-focused social VR platform that was created by Immersive VR Education. And Immersive VR Education are the guys that brought us the Apollo, uh, the Apollo 13 or whatever um, VR. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Apollo. I think they did the Titanic one as well. They've done a few of these educational things. Uh, high quality software uh, but engages the platform march 19th uh, you can expect this thing to be heavily hardware focused uh roots uh are you interested in attending this event at all eh, curiosity wise just to see what it's like what they're doing um uh <laughs> as far as the the vive products absolutely not you know i was just reading an article today about how the, vo the focus you know and that the pro five pro were were discontinued and i said oh my god i forgot about the focus you know like that thing came and went and it just disappeared and i don't even know anybody that even bought one outside i think nathy got one back in the day but other than that i just don't i don't it, i just don't care about vives hardware so but uh yeah i'd definitely be inter interested to see what you know how they're doing it and that type of stuff yeah, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not like super stoked to see what what's going on at the actual conference. Uh, as much as I would like to attend it just to see how the conference itself is, you know, how does it translate to VR? How good is the Engage platform? Uh, what kind of events do they have uh, planned for this? Because, you know, like HTC or hate HTC, the fact of the matter is that this conference is the first of its kind and what we would think would there be many to come but this one's going to be the trendsetter the very first one uh and it's not often that htc's the the uh the original right yeah no usually they'd be copying somehow but uh yeah it's it'll be uh interesting to see what they do with it but uh um you know i don't have too many high expectations i will check it out though um although i don't know what engages i at least I'll have to check it out because I've never tried it. So, yeah, you'll have to get the uh, the engage software, and you also this isn't just for anyone who just wants to show up and click on it. Uh, you do have to register online. Registration's opening uh, is open right now. Has been open since March the tenth. Uh, you go to the official engage website to sign up for the event and reserve your spot. So do so today if this is something that might interest. You. When you say reserve your spot, like, are they going to fill up? I'm going to be like, sorry, man, we're full. The room's full, brah. 
Like, <laughs> fuck, man, I should have signed up sooner. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. There may be some kind of bandwidth or server limitation. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But uh, this is uh, HTC's wheelhouse, apparently. I mean, they have uh, positioned themselves to be the leader in uh, enterprise-level VR hardware and software. Uh, this is the, the side of HTC that we really don't see as consumers. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see just uh, if the quality is there the way everyone kind of says that it is. Yeah, you know? maybe it'll be blow us away and they'll set the uh, trend for future conferences so well you would think you know honestly i'm surprised facebook didn't go this route because this is what their goal is is to build these kind of platforms i mean half of oc6 was about this kind of uh, conferencing and uh to to see things still kind of stuck at the oculus venues level like it is right now um I can't imagine it's going to be that way very much longer. Uh, in a related bit of news that I, I didn't put in the notes here, but uh, uh, Facebook Horizon, we've been asking, where's Horizon? They were supposed to, you know, beta Horizon at the beginning of the year. Uh, they are starting the beta for Facebook Horizons uh, either this week or next week. Uh, it is a closed beta, so you do have to apply for it. But if anyone's super excited to see what the future of uh social vr is going to be like uh this is extremely imminent and uh, the way facebook pumped it up at uh, oc6 last year i gotta imagine this is going to be a big deal well, let me ask you this are you hyped up for it after our jank fest of trying to communicate in the other night you know, because I haven't had too much luck with their current system working very well with the social aspects of it. The microphones work and not work and just all sorts of weird shit. Um, at some point, you know, it doesn't make me feel comfortable for them bringing something new out when they haven't perfected what they've got going on now. Well, I'll just say this. I'm not surprised that this is going to be a closed beta uh, they've made it very clear that anyone who participates is going to have to agree to an ironclad non-disclosure agreement. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not surprised in the least about that. Uh, but when it comes to the long-term uh, quality of this platform, uh, you know, if Facebook has demonstrated anything, it's that they, they keep going until they get it right. So uh, even if it is a little broken and janky at first, I got to imagine by uh, by the time next year rolls around uh, that the thing's butter smooth and uh, uh, one of a kind. I hope so, because I just <laughs> the microphone issues that were happening the other night was just so bad yeah, and uh, bizarre, bizarre, you know, constant disconnectings between different people. And one minute you're we can hear you and then you can't hear me and vice. I don't know, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, mid game, like we're we're like literally racing, and then all of a sudden we're still racing together, but uh, one of us has just disappeared and can't communicate anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's just weird. But yeah. Anyway, um, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the long term effect 
that uh, that pandemic illness was going to have on these social networking platforms. Uh, it's a different world, Roots, permanently. Even if this thing gets, you know, stamped out in the next three months, uh, I got to feel like our preparedness, our general attitude toward the world and toward other people is going to be permanently affected by this. Oh, yeah, because you, I watched, you could watch a, a two-year-old movie, and if someone's, like, shaking hands, you're like, what are you doing, man? You're not supposed to shake hands. <laughs> um, no, I, I think just the way that everybody's reacted, the way everything's shut down, um, I can't see things going back to the way that they were just because I, I it's, um, like you said, it's just the awareness of um, where we're at now with the uh, these viruses. So, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, that's not even so, such a bad thing. You know, honestly, people, uh, you know, I hate, I hate when things like this happen, but it seems like it takes a good tragedy every now and again to get people's heads on straight and, uh, get people, uh, you know, prepared for the shit that life inevitably is going to throw at you. Yeah, true. Anyway, that's enough coronavirus for this week. Uh, hopefully, we can avoid talking about it again, at least for a, a few more weeks. Uh, I got to imagine that uh, next week we're going to be fairly distracted. So uh, I want to talk about be... the coronavirus going away and, and everything going back to normal. Let's talk about that next week. Yeah. Well, uh, in a related bit of news, uh, that again, not in the show notes, but... Uh, Oculus Quest is back in stock now. Oh. So this future that we're painting here where everyone uh, attends virtual events in their headset, uh, we're back on track for that. Yeah, so pick yours up now. If you don't have your Quest, what's wrong with you? Yeah, fool. Yeah. What's the matter, son? <laughs> you can get it today. Today, man. Go pick it up. Yeah. All right, so uh, good talk, good talk. Well, let's say we talk. Some VR games. Isn't that what we came here to do? Hell yeah, man. Get off this depressing coronavirus bullshit. Yeah, for real. Oh, we talk about it all the time, Roots. PlayStation VR and, uh, you know, even with the outdated hardware and between uh, console cycles, the strength of that platform is, was, and always will be the catalog of exclusive titles that you can play nowhere else but PlayStation VR. And in recent months, there have been some speculation, uh, some rumors even, that we're going to start to see that noose being uh, loosened a little bit. And we saw it with like uh, Falcon Age and uh, Borderlands 2 VR and then Tetris Effect. Some of these Sony PlayStation VR exclusives have made their way to PC. And we found out just this past week that that trend is continuing because one of the very best games on the PlayStation VR platform, The Persistence, is scheduled to not only come to PC VR, but also to come to 2D flat format for consoles as well as PC. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is a sci-fi horror first-person shooter that first debuted again as a PlayStation VR exclusive. And um, again, uh, coming in early summer uh, to all platforms, VR or not roots. Um, you know, simply put, this this game is, is one of the best 
on PlayStation VR. Uh, if I had to pick 10 games that I would like to see make their way over from PlayStation on the PC, I got to think that this would uh, be one of them. What about you? Oh, hell yeah. I'd be right up there with Russia, Russia Blood for me. I'd love to see that on PC as well. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, this will be amazing. It's going to look amazing as well. Because you were saying before we start filming, the there's a lot of aliasing, anti-aliasing on the... Um, on the, even on the pro so it doesn't look it's going to look really good on the pc and i think it's um ironic that uh i don't even know if it's irony but you know i was looking at the reddit and there's a lot of people that are pissed off about this coming to uh pc a lot of playstation people don't want pc people to get ports wes but they want all the ports the other way bring them on bring them on to the playstation but fuck you can't have our exclusives um, and uh, I thought that was kind of weird, a little selfish too. It's, it's backward thinking, honestly, because these aren't brand new games. We also got news this week that horizon zero dawn is coming to PC as well. Another big title, you know, Sony exclusive making its way over to PC. Uh, but when you talk about the persistence, when you talk about horizon zero dawn, uh, you're talking about older games, games that have been out for a year, two years, uh, not stuff that's selling consoles anymore, but if you get this hands in, get this game into the hands of say a million, two million PC players, and then PS5 comes out and say the Persistence 2 releases on PlayStation, now that could be something that would cause a PC gamer to buy a console, right? All right, especially after they played the first one, they want to try the second one. Um, right. I think it's good. I think it's good that, to, uh, you know, every game that comes over from PlayStation to PC is a good thing. And like you said, uh, these are all games that Sony's not selling too many of. They've, they've, they've already made most of the money they're going to make in the console. Um, so why not bring it to a completely different um, audience, right? And you're competing against the VR of Oculus. And you know what I mean? Like it to me, it's a no brainer. And I, if I was Sony, why not do it? You're double dipping, and it, it's smart, I think. Yeah, Sony is selling their games, and they're going to be played on an Oculus headset. Think about that for a minute. PSVR games being sold to Oculus customers. Yeah, it's, that That is genius, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because you're, I mean, it's a whole, like I said, a whole different audience, and, um, and then you're getting people aware, like you said, you know, they play the first one, maybe the second one comes out. There are going to be exclusives for Sony, just like there always have been. Astrobot 2, whatever. Um, I'd love to see Astrobot come to, to PC. You know, there's going to be some games, obviously, that won't. Um, Farpoint would be another one I would love to see on the PC as well. So at some point, why not? So. Yeah, and this, again, um, top-notch game. And, you know, a lot of people uh, are, are, are kind of you know, wishy-washy or iffy when it comes to, quote, roguelike games. Uh, this game doesn't really feel or play like a roguelike. I mean, it's true. The map changes uh, every time you die, and dying is a necessary part of a progression in this game. You have to die to uh, to upgrade your character to make it further. Uh, but even though the, the structure of the map is changing... Basically, what's changing is the layout of the halls and corridors, but the rooms that you're going to, the big destinations, 
these are not just randomly generated. These are actual uh, destinations that are modeled out and created by the game developers. So it plays like a, a regular, you know, alien isolation style um, first person shooter game. But uh, every time you die, uh, the the layout of the hallways and passageways changes. So you have the same destination, but you have to take a different route to get there. And uh, it really it, it it does what a roguelike is meant to do. It keeps the game fresh. But again, it doesn't play like in death. It doesn't play like uh, until you fall or a, a dread halls even. Uh, this game it. it it uh, if you didn't know it, you, that it was procedurally generated, you you probably wouldn't know, right? Yeah, is it scary? That's pretty scary, right? Um, yeah, it's one of those games that um, it's probably. I mean, it's not sold as a stealth game, but it's probably the best stealth game that I've played in VR. I mean, because this is one of those games that makes you hot. You you duck. You hide behind things. You have to be quiet. Some of these uh, zombie creatures are blind and have super hearing, so you have to uh, be like super quiet when you're moving around because if they hear you, they'll come after you. Uh, there are other things that can't hear. You can be loud, but uh, uh, have good at seeing in the dark, so you know you have to hide behind things. Um, this game, you know, and it absolutely is you know terrifying because the, some of the creatures in this thing are wicked man i mean absolutely wicked it's not just stock zombies here uh there are different types of enemies and some of them are just downright creepy yeah man i gotta try this i know i got it on uh on playstation vr but i want to see it on the pc and like with uh super sampled the hell out of it right right well because that's pretty much the biggest uh you know weakness of it on the console and don't get me wrong it's a good looking game but it's very graphically demanding and even the pro struggles uh to run the game uh you you do get some foveated rendering you get quite a bit of aliasing in it uh or at least the last time i played it that's that's how it was mm -hmm. um but still a top-notch experience on playstation vr in a day one buy uh, on PC VR, I got to think for me, uh, you know, of course, depending on what's out, uh, you know, coming out during the time frame. But, uh, you know, if it's not stacked like next week's going to be, I got to imagine I'm picking this one up pretty quick, even though I already have it. Yeah, you'll be dying a on lot PlayStation. on purpose. Yeah. Another thing about this game, too, that's uh, that, that's really odd is uh, it's a gamepad game, right? Uh it doesn't, I mean, the gamepad feels more natural in this game than than most gamepad VR games do. It's kind of like a hybrid. Uh, the, the It's implemented so well that you kind of feel like you have hand presence even though your hands aren't tracked. Mm. If, if that's where you see your hands in the game and they work like VR hands, but you're using buttons and sticks to do it. Mm. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, I highly recommend it um, to anyone. Uh, obviously, anyone now, anyone with a PS4, anyone with a PC, if you haven't played the Persistence, uh, play it. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, great stealth horror 
sci-fi experience. Cool. And hard, too. If you're one of these people who likes easy games, probably not the game for you. This game is tough, man. Well, let's put it this way. The finisher main fan noped out. So if it noped him out, right? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it is... Uh, you got you have to have patience with this thing, man. It's uh, It has four floors on the ships. They're big, sprawling things. And it's not like... Uh, you can memorize uh, your way through uh, because it changes. Every time you die, the, the map changes. Mm. And like this time, you, you may get this awesome gun that you just find in the, in a cabinet. But next time, that cabinet's not even there. And that, that gun may not even be there. You may have to craft it mm. uh, if you want to use it. Um, there's crafting stations placed all throughout the maps uh for different types of items you know you'll have a weapon station you'll have like a a potions or, or that kind of medicine medicinal station then you'll have like a defense item station uh and they're placed everywhere um throughout the floor but again when you die that all jumbles around so you can't really ever get a game plan you kind of always have to take it like it's your first run. So let me take a shot in the dark and guess that the um, the ones that have really good hearing and, and are blind are the ones that didn't have the top part of their head, correct? <laughs> <laughs> that That's a pretty safe assumption. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of creepy, man. Like that thing's wandering around and, and the guy's kind of slowly going behind. Yeah, this is this looks pretty good. I, I um, Like I said, I played it on PlayStation VR, but I am. I'm psyched to see what how good it looks on the PC and to, to really dig into it and then uh, probably get frustrated like main fan and nope out, but it'll be a fun experience. Yeah. So yeah, this is a, this is a big deal. And uh, the, the release for this one can't come soon enough. Uh, again, it's, it's slated for summertime. So who knows what it's going to be released with in that same window. Uh, but sooner the better for me. I can't wait to try this one out in the uh, beautiful Rift S headset. Yeah, with no uh, no glare. <laughs> right, right. We're very little in anyway, yeah, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, it's a two-way street routes, and it isn't just PlayStation giving up their games to PC. It, it goes both ways, and uh, the most recent example of this is in the form of form. Uh, form from charm games is set to release on the playstation vr on april the 7th uh, this was originally released on steam and it is described as a surreal adventure puzzle game featuring dreams and memories uh, you're tasked to solve the mystery behind an ancient artifact as you advance through a world that transforms around you uh roots have you ever tried form i think i have i'm trying to remember it though because like, for some reason i was thinking of torn and then i'm like no that's not torn um i know i've seen it and i'm pretty sure i've played it but i just don't remember much about it so. yeah uh i hadn't played it uh until i heard this piece of news here and um when i heard that it was coming to playstation vr I hopped in I wanted to see what it's like. Is this something worth reporting to these people? Is this something they should be excited about getting? Uh, so I decided just to spend a few minutes in it, knowing that I'm going to be talking about it here on this episode. And um, 
I played all the way through it. I beat it. <laughs> it must have been pretty good if you just kept going, right? Uh, no, 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 it's not that. I mean, I'm not saying that it wasn't good. Uh, it was just short. Oh, okay. I played through it in an hour. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So one hour puzzle game here. Uh, puzzles not particularly difficult at all. Um, really, the uh, big selling point here is atmosphere. Mm. Uh, it's beautiful. It's graphically beautiful. Uh, lots of glowing neon things. Lots of particle effects. Uh, lots of cool things just kind of sprouting up all around you. Uh, the look and sound of it is phenomenal. Uh, the puzzles are moderate. Mm. And uh, the storytelling kind of lacks, to be quite honest. It's, honestly, it seemed like a uh, a prologue, a preface. Mm. Like the beginning to of a game, like this is leading into a game now. Mm-hmm. So here's like the uh, the origin. This is the setup. Um, so I, I don't know if the it was originally intended to be that, but it's kind of the way it seemed to me. So what you're saying is, if um, somebody needs some material to play for the quarantine coronavirus, don't pick form because it'll be done in an hour, and then you're sitting there, and you've got nothing else to do. Pick something longer, I say. Uh, uh, I'm saying that it depends on how much it, it launches for. Uh, it's $15 on Steam right now. I would put that at the very top limit of what it's worth. Mm. Uh, it's a $10 to $15 experience. Uh, if they tack the extra $5 PlayStation tax on it, this is not $20. Um, 15 sure. Uh, 20, no way. 10 for and, sure. Uh, Definitely 10, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. it's worth 10. 10 a, a fair price for it. And I think it may even be on Viport Infinity for uh, those of you out there who are, are PC players. Mm. Uh, it was enjoyable. I liked it. Uh, it wasn't the best thing that ever I'd ever seen. Had I saw this a year, two years ago, I probably would have been way more impressed with it just because, the, like I said, the looks and sound of it. The style of it uh, was pretty impressive, uh, but I gotta imagine to like a newbie, a VR newbie, uh, this would probably blow them away. Yeah, yeah. It kind of had the feel of that um, in real uh, experience inside the wave. Mm. Uh, it's kind of what it looked and felt like uh, from a visual perspective. You were working puzzles, and they're kind of this physical style puzzle where like you're trying to make things fit together and it wasn't stuff that you really had to think about a whole lot you just kind of had to play with it okay so more hands-on yeah okay not not difficult uh but uh challenging enough to keep me engaged uh not challenging enough to stunt me for more than you know a minute or two okay well you went through it in an hour got it done finished it knocked yeah. it off your list so yeah. question is are you gonna buy it, list and are, you, it off. are you gonna buy it for um playstation vr just to see what it looks like the differences um, or not probably not i mean uh, this would be something good for my kids this kind of uh puzzling would probably be good for uh you know younger younger people a uh, good way to exercise the mind uh, but I've got it. I've got it on PC. Uh-huh, I don't need true. it on PlayStation. So, I mean, well, why would I need to pay another $15 for it? You know? yeah, that's true. 
There's no leaderboards but, to beat people like Attica either. That's what got me. So, yeah, there's no way to score this thing. Yeah. It, it's a cool little experience. Honestly, it really is. Um, Ten bucks uh, is a fair price. Fifteen's kind of, kind of pushing it. So it's really all about the price with this one. Um, again, uh, you play as this uh, gifted doctor, Doctor Eli. You have superhuman powers of geometric visualization, uh, which is an unintended consequence of childhood trauma. That was one of the cooler things about it. Uh, was this. Uh, geometric visual visualization so you'll be trying to work with one of these puzzles right and then all of a sudden all these uh, symbols and things start uh, just kind of filling the air around you uh, the 3d effect uh, in this game was off the charts like that was the probably the most impressive thing about it was how good the 3d was in it yeah um, sounds like it would blow away a newbie you kind of get that feel like, um, you know, when you're playing uh, Hellblade and you get close to uh, solving one of those perspective puzzles, how all those little symbols start floating through the mm -hmm. air. There was a lot of that kind of uh, effect in there. Okay. Cool. But uh, anyway, you're, you're basically, uh, you're examining this uh, artifact, this obelisk. And it has this radio frequency coming out from it. You're able to tune into that frequency, and it kind of puts you into this other dimension where you work through these puzzles. And as you work through them, you actually um, work through suppressed memories of the doctor that you're playing. Mm. And uh, as you get deeper into it, you unlock a couple of more memories. And I mean, it really. Honestly, it doesn't lead to anything. It leads to like, kind of like a to be continued moment. To be quite honest, yeah. uh, that's why I say it kind of feels like a preface. Yeah, maybe they got form two in the in the works. Well, they do have uh, that um, trial by Ting in the works, mm. and but that's kind of a a continuation of the the Twilight Path, one the one of their other titles. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see a sequel to it. Uh, it would make sense in the context of what I experienced. Uh, yeah, th this very much feels like a, a beginning, not an ending. Anyway, um, more PSVR news. Uh, we've known for some time that The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners uh, was going to be coming uh, to the platform. Scheduled for quarter two, Q2, 2020. Uh, well... The uh, we now have what appears to be a hint that the PSVR community could be getting this game sooner rather than later, and the hint is right in front of you. There, it's what you're looking at. They released this word search last week on social media, and you'll find a few different words in there. You'll find the word saint and the word sinners, but if you notice on the very bottom line, a uh, little toward the right you will see the letters PSVR. And a lot of people are taking this as a coded message uh, that the PSVR release of The Walking Dead Saints and Sooners is right around the corner. Uh, Roots, what do you think? Do you think that this is just a coincidence or do you think they're trying to tell us something? Uh, 
I don't think it's a coincidence. I think they're trying to tell us something um, very in our face. Um, I don't know exactly when, but it would be that. I think they this dropping is going to be one of the biggest um, things for PlayStation VR. In my opinion, it's one of the best games that it's going to be on the platform just from playing everything I've played on it and then also playing through Saints and Sinners. Um, there's not really anything like it on the PlayStation VR, um, you know, so... Yeah, uh, early front runner for PlayStation VR game of the year, right? Yeah, because I mean it's it's the early front runner for PC game of the year, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, uh, with the kind of drought that uh, Sony's been going through, when it, from a from an exclusives standpoint, uh, a high level AAA VR title like this. Uh, if it could beat Iron Man to the market, that would just be huge, wouldn't it? Yeah, nobody cares about Saints and Sinners, though. They don't need PlayStation VR. has so many games out right now. Oh, um, no, it's like I said, I guarantee everybody's like, cause it was the biggest game that I was looking forward to this year um, outside of Alex, and they don't have Alex coming to it. So this is it, man. And Iron Man's big, but I, I, I think this is going to be bigger. You know, it's uh, The Walking Dead, man, you know, and... Um, Everybody already on the PlayStation VR has been watching, salivating, waiting to be able to sink their teeth into this game, right? So. Yeah, and I mean, with uh, with Half-Life Alex uh, coming out next week, um, we've seen it with, with all of these other games trying to kind of fill that void uh, for PlayStation and uh, PlayStation VR as well as Oculus Quest owners, you know, those, those players, which are great in number, uh, are going to want to play something while everyone else is playing Half-Life. So we've seen these other games, you know, uh, like Lies Beneath and uh, uh, Down the Rabbit Hole, just to name a couple, uh, who are trying to fill that void. But I got to think that if Saints and Sinners were to uh, come out sometime within the next two weeks uh that it would probably trump all of those titles wouldn't it yeah like i said the walking dead is just such a a huge series that everybody knows about and every you know there's so many playstation vrs out there and like i said i, I guarantee it'll be that uh, you know like you said a, a front runner for the uh game of the year for sure yeah i'm kind of debating whether or not i want to try to uh, cover it and request a, a review copy of it you know I'd love the game and, uh, and any excuse to play it more, uh, you know, is welcome in my opinion, but, uh, I would really only want to do it if, if I got an early copy of it, uh, so I could have day one footage ready. And, yeah. Otherwise uh, it's not you, worth it. Right. Yeah. Right. And you, you know how that worked out last time, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you were able to get a copy of that, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, it's not something that, uh, um, you know, I would, I, I, you know, I, I just enjoy my, my, my touch controller so much that it just makes it difficult to want to, to move it, you know, to, uh, slum it. No, I'm just kidding. Well, um, let me ask you this. What if they did, uh, like Arizona sunshine did and, install a two-handed weapons mode for the aim controller yeah that'd be pretty and cool now, now you can play it 
with shotguns instead of pistols and uh how would you hold the gun how would you do it with the knives though i guess you'd still yeah, have to... i guess you yeah you couldn't i mean you could do it but it wouldn't feel right it would be one of those weird situations like uh a bayonet like doom you could add a bayonet in there no i'm just kidding um yeah it would be weird yeah like you said that's one of your biggest gripes about doom is the fact that there's a hand jutting out of your chest yeah uh -huh. and and this game is kind of built around the melee more than the shooting anyway so you kind of have to have hand presence to play it yeah 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 but what a awesome anyway, that's it, huge it, no that's it's coming soon i think maybe it will be next week i don't know god if it could come out before the end of march that would be nuts it would be huge from a sales perspective for them because uh you know the games are coming to psvr games are coming to psvr um so i mean for a game like this to beat games like uh, paper beast and in the uh, iron man the market would uh would kind of be a big deal yeah what if paper beast came out the same day talk about falling into the shadow well let's talk about paper beast because uh we've been speculating over the last couple of weeks that we were going to get to see paper beast very soon and um you know even on the monday show just uh was it last week or the week before we kind of surmised that uh since this was a q1 uh release or at least projected for quarter one that we had to get it in march because then we're getting into q2 after march uh, uh is over with well it turns out we were absolutely right about that roots because we found out this past week that we are getting paper beast for playstation vr on march the 24th so the day after half-life alex and again this goes back to what we were just talking about uh there are games coming out that are trying to fill that void to be the rebound girlfriend uh for the psvr players to make out with uh while the uh pc players are getting it on with valve um and paper beast is one of those titles roots uh again this game comes to us from the mind of developer eric uh shahi who is best known for another world in the game you explore a massive virtual ecosystem created by data and populated with paper beasts uh, across the campaign you'll visit different sorts of habitats and interact with the animals that live in them um roots i put in a request today uh to get a re review copy of this game i don't know if we're going to get one or not uh but i'm intrigued i'm intrigued enough to give it a look just based on the visuals alone uh and the pedigree of the developer uh i feel like this one at least deserves a chance i'll tell you the water looks amazing I think it looks it looks like it'll be um definitely visually worth checking out and uh like you said i mean why not you get a fully simulated ecosystem man so i mean you can like do i get fire because i want fire to set <laughs> set fire to the paper rib my mind i was literally thinking man if i could just have a match <laughs> and then root said fire and i was like yeah <laughs> yeah i'd like to burn a couple of paper things and then i'll put them out real quick but 
just to start them on fire but no it looks like it's going to be amazing uh visuals for sure and uh um i don't know if it'll be something that you could i mean i guess if you didn't have access to half-life alex you could say oh yeah i got paper beast but um, i still would feel like i wanted to play alex well well here's the thing with this one i keep going back and forth on uh, whether or not i should be excited about it um but when i got thinking about it today and i saw this and uh, saw the opportunity to request the copy um Really what it came down to for me is what we always say, what the number one thing that we look for in new games is, and that is something original, something unique. And this certainly, if nothing else, is an original, unique idea. And again, from a, uh, a well-renowned developer who's known for groundbreaking titles, uh, I kind of feel like this guy deserves the benefit of the doubt. And uh, if his game sucks, then we'll play it and say it. But uh, I really, I mean, we don't know what we're going to get here with this one. Uh, it seems that the people who have had hands-on with it have had mostly positive things to say about it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely looks different. So, so yeah. So it's looking like it could be a... Um, uh, business could be picking up for PlayStation VR, right? We've got Walking Dead coming out. Separation just came out last week. And, uh, and now we've got Paper Beast. And that's not all. Because earlier this month, we learned about an upcoming giant combat game called Good Goliath from Knock Twice Games. Now, we know... It's coming very soon later this month with a release day of March 31st on PSVR and PCVR headsets like Rift, Vive, and Index. So, Roots, just last week we were talking about this uh, arcade-style action game, Good Goliath, and uh, it's just the latest example of these games that are coming in during the Half-Life Alex launch window to try to fill that void for players who can't partake. And uh, as for this one, even though it does have a decidedly Gen 1 look to it, uh, I feel like uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I, it just makes me feel so bad for the, uh, the giant, man. What does he do wrong? Like, everybody's pissed at him. Even have the devil trying to get him. But... Uh... I don't know. Like we said last week, I we didn't even know this game existed, and all of a sudden now we hear it's coming out in a couple of weeks, and uh, just shows you how quickly these games come out. I can't remember the last flat game that was announced and then came out two weeks later. Can you? Like anything big, anyway. No, but uh, this is something that we kind of um, touched on with the. Uh with the last Monday show, I feel like a lot of this has to do with hype management. You know, if you, if, if you have a really successful trailer, uh, but you do it six months out, all of a sudden people start to build these things up in their mind and it gets to the point. Sometimes we've seen in the past, uh, where people build it up to be actually better than what it ends up being. So that very good games, uh, kind of go down as, as disappointments. Yeah. Uh, so, so I kind of feel like uh, 
some of that must be going on here because to be quite honest from a graphical perspective uh this thing looks pretty solid doesn't it yeah looks like it's actually going to be pretty good once you get in the headset um but uh only time will tell hopefully there's some music when you're hitting those things coming at you so i can pretend i'm doing a synth rider or something you know we need another rhythm game somebody was telling me how good that was synth riders recently i think it was a radio run or somebody i don't know um but uh or maybe it was um i don't know somebody somebody said it was really good so yeah pretty much everybody who's played it says it's pretty good a lot of people like synth riders mm garbage but uh in good goliath you take on the role of an enormous giant in a storybook world where you find yourself under attack by dozens of tiny little enemies flooding you in hordes uh you've got to fight back against the constant waves across a variety of bright and colorful levels and the finale for each world results in a huge standoff against a giant boss that's even bigger than you, the Goliath. Uh, so you get to play the bully, and then you get to play the bullied mm. uh, to beat the level. Mm, sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think, again, I think it looks like something that, uh, you know, a decade ago I'm pumping quarters in, or I guess two decades ago if I want to date myself a little bit here. A couple of decades ago I would have pumped a, a roll of quarters into something like this. Yeah, yeah. Definitely looks like a good um, arcade game for sure. Yeah. Anyway, be on the lookout for Good Goliath. March 31st for PC VR as well as PlayStation VR. Man, Roots, I mean, just all of a sudden... Uh, you know, on the turn of a dime, PSVR players have some stuff to play. Last week they didn't. Now all of a sudden they've got four or five solid games in a in a three or four week period. So yeah, so good for them. Two weeks ago, people were pissed we weren't talking about PlayStation VR enough. Now that's all we're talking about in this episode. There's probably a lot of Quest people pissed off right now, saying, "Where the fuck <laughs> is the Quest games, dude? I'm sick of hearing you talk about PSVR all the time." Uh, th this is the uh, the nature of the VR news cycle. I mean, uh, it just is what it is, people. Some some weeks it's PC, some weeks it's PlayStation, some weeks it's Quest. Uh, we just we don't make the news. Yeah, we, we just, just report, yeah, right? we don't control what comes out. I wish we could though. That'd be cool. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Rush of Blood too. It would, you know, if I could control what comes out, it probably would be a PlayStation episode because yeah. <laughs> it'd be like Rush of Blood two and Farpoint two and Astrobot two. Astrobot two, God, can't wait for Astrobot two. Yeah. you know they're making that right. Oh, yeah, right now they're working on. I'm that. pretty sure that'll be a um, PS5 uh, game that comes out, you know, with PS5 and PlayStation four as well. The dumbed-down version, maybe. I don't know. As good as that game looked on PS4, can you imagine uh, on a proper gaming machine what, what that's going to look like? Even the original. Like, on the original on PS5, uh, God, man, how, how, how much better can that game possibly look? Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. All right, uh, speaking of amazing, we uh, reported way back in September on the release of a flat game that went by the title of Loco Parentes. Uh, 
And the reason why we reported on this flat game was because at that time they were teasing VR support that was, quote, coming soon. Well, here we are, Roots, some six months later, and soon has finally arrived for local Parentes VR. Because on March 12th, just a few days ago, uh, the VR version of this has released on Steam. Uh, we originally talked about this one all the way back on Virtual Strangers 26 Roots. Wow. If that uh, lets you know how long ago this was. Yeah. Uh, this is coming to us from Fair Game Studios, and uh, it's a what what really makes this game stick out to me. Roots is not that it's a uh, a fairly solid looking uh, survival horror game, but you have the option of playing this game with a friend. There's a co-op mode, and that's not something you see every day in this type of game. No, you don't see it in any game like this. I need a friend in this one, Wes. It looks scary, man. There's bodies everywhere. There's creepy people walking around with axes and shit. Uh, I'm assuming. Well let, well, let me ask you this. Um, you've been uh, trying to knock down that PlayStation VR backlog this past week. If you could have Weasel with you, do you think you would have gone back in and, and tried to take Jack out once and for all? I think I would have already beaten it, man, because Weasel's fucking evil, man. He makes Jack look like a fucking puss. Um, but no, yeah, I, you know, Jack is different, man. Like that's one of the things that, uh, I've never played a game that's made me feel like resident evil sevens made me feel as far as like from a, a horror perspective, like I never had somebody hunt me down and like been hiding. And I don't know, man, it's something different about resident evil seven. And I, I agree with what you've said. It, it definitely, I, I hold all horror games up to it to see if it's as good or not and uh this one looks pretty damn creepy you know so yeah it does uh in this game you have to help a frightened girl to search for her mother and when things get difficult you find yourself trapped in a living nightmare uh there's mysteries to solve and tenants to interact with in the game mm. are the tenants friends or foes are you brave enough to find out the mystery surrounding the girl and her mother? Um, not by myself. Again, I'm not brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Again, you can play it by yourself, uh, but I highly suggest that you bring a friend. Um, Roots, this appears to be one of those waking nightmare type games, like one minute everything's fine, and then the next minute, everything just changes around you and before you know it uh the air you're breathing is poison and uh shit's going uh down rather quickly that's what you want that's what um you know again that's what uh you know i liked about resident evil 7 so much is like uh, you just didn't know what was going to happen things change all of a sudden you're inside a video recording and then you're there and like it was just all sorts of weird shit so the the fact that this is like that sounds it looks good yeah, it looks incredible. I mean, uh, graphically, it looks sufficient, but the the art, the art style of it, uh, is striking. Some of the images that they put in this promo here uh, are memorable, just because of how uh, surreal and uh, how uh, disturbing, to be quite honest, uh, some of these are. 
made an Unreal Engine. That's that's a always a big plus for me, isn't it? You? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, it, even though it doesn't, it looks doesn't look like it's that much from the as far as graphically from here. I guarantee it's going to look phenomenal inside the headset. You know, because it's all about the lighting. You can tell it's done really well. Yeah, I I went to check some of the. Uh, reviews of the game and obviously there's there are no vr reviews just yet as it just released but uh back when it was a, a flat game uh reviews were pretty positive about this one there were a few negative ones but every negative review that you saw for it basically said that um that uh, the flat implementation was poorly done that the game was obviously developed for VR and uh, that, that they needed to do a better job, uh, you know, pancake-izing it, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Well, some games just shouldn't ever be in um, on a flat screen like Alex, you know. Uh, people have said all... Well, how, how refreshing is it to have those tables turned, though, right? It the, is. The, uh, a game is built from the ground up for VR and... Uh, they just kind of put the flat version out to appease people. Yeah, and it's shitty, too. It's not even a good version. Well, I don't know. That's shitty. But from what you said, people have said, it's not the best. So um, I don't know, I've heard people say that they, they, they're hoping, they're still hoping that Alex is going to come to a flat screen, and they just laugh because it's not. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't translate. Not, not, I mean, you would be able to get the story of it. Uh, but when it comes to these type of games, Half-Life games, from what people say, it's all about the gameplay, man. It's about that interaction. And they've crafted, uh, you know, painstakingly over years, crafted something that they feel like deserves that name, you know, their brand that they've built over the decades. Uh, so I don't see them ever uh, diluting that experience and trying to shoehorn it into a, a platform that it wasn't designed to play on. So what do you think the odds are that Half-Life Alex comes out and um, that it does so well that they just don't, the next Half-Life 3 is also in VR and Portal is also in VR and, you know, um, or whatever, whatever, you know. I mean, I, I kind of feel like that's going to happen anyway just because Valve's interest in gaming has been reinvigorated with VR. Um, but a lot of people don't believe that they still believe half-life three is going to be a flat game. And, uh, so it'll be interesting, interesting to see how everything turns out, you know? Well, you just basically took the words out of my mouth. I absolutely think that that's what's going to happen. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Um, valve, they don't have to make video games. They are, drowning in money from steam uh they're they're a very successful company they could go without ever making another video game and be very 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 successful from a monetary perspective the reason why they're making video games is because they love the craft they they love to uh to make these games and that love hasn't always been there over the past 10 years. They haven't made any games. And, and what it took to bring them back into this love of creating games is the technology 
of virtual reality. Not only was this technology uh, such a big part of what they wanted to do that they brought their baby, their their crown jewel half-life into VR, but they made their own freaking headset to play it in. I mean, come on. Who does that, Roots? Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, one of the best half-lifes out there, I think so. Um, and uh, only so I, Yeah, I think... I think it's pretty obvious that Valve's all in on VR. They're all in on VR. They're going to bring the rest of the gaming world into it, kicking and screaming if they have to. But uh, they, they're very influential, and they're very rich, and that's a pretty potent combination when it comes to trend setting. What do you think the per- percentage of the population of people that don't have virtual reality that are big half-life alex or half-life fans that are just dead set right now that i'm just fuck it i'm just not getting vr but then it drops and then the thought of not being able to play it is going to drive them crazy and they are going to end up getting it i can't imagine like a drillo out there that's just such a huge half-life fan and if he wasn't in vr that would be what would draw him in or somebody like him right um, right. So, and and here's the cool thing: the players and the potential consumers are just half of the story when it comes to the release of this game, because as many uh, people as it's going to bring into on that level, uh, the the larger effect that it's going to have is it's going to show game developers what you can do in VR that you don't have to make this janky you know, short tech demo anymore that you can make a proper, you know, game in VR, something that's absolutely breathtaking, breathtaking. And not only that, but, uh, you can do things in VR that you can't do anywhere else. And this is going to serve as, uh, an educational experience for the rest of the gaming industry. So even if the consumer doesn't buy in, uh for this game well what happens two years from now when all of these developers that are being convinced today come out with their triple a vr games and it's not just half-life but now there's grand theft auto and there's bioshocks and you know uh tomb raider what happens when all of these vr games start coming out uh you know eventually the people are going to just have to give in and give it a try and and as you know uh that's all it takes right giving it a fair shot yeah and all those games you know you're right like uh rehashes you know bringing them back in you know every like the the switch you know it gets all these different ports right well eventually you know all these games exist and it's not going to be that expensive to take a game that exists that everybody loves and just put it into vr you know it's not we've seen that with borderlands 2 and some other games but not on the extent that i think we're going to start seeing them you know once like you said everybody it becomes well known that okay this is a viable uh platform let's start porting over a lot of the the stuff that everybody loves as well right so yeah well we're getting to the point now where it's kind of a perfect storm you you have these developers who now have experience in in making the games and uh, they've become very good at optimizing. So something that they wouldn't have been able to port two years ago, now they can do it. And, and beyond that, 
you have the engines, Unreal Engine and Unity, who are, are kind of streamlining, streamlining the process uh, for making things in VR. So whereas used to you would have had to done things manually, now it's just kind of automatic baked into the engine. Uh, Everything is just kind of coming together now uh, to allow the quality of games in in VR to skyrocket. And then on top of that, we're going to have advancements in the hardware uh, like the the, the foveated rendering and the... uh, the VRSS on the new NVIDIA cards. All of this stuff is going to work together and and serve to make what was impossible just a couple of years ago uh, very, very easy to do and accessible now. It's exciting. It is. It is. It's very exciting. All right. uh, So winding down, just a couple of more announcements I want to touch on before we wrap it up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Dirt Rally 2.0. We learned just this past week that we are getting a new Game of the Year edition. Uh, This announcement came from the developers Codemasters. Uh, The Game of the Year edition will be rolled out in a couple of weeks for PlayStation 1, Xbox, I'm sorry, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. But, Roots, there's an extra boon for those who own the Oculus Store version already. Those people are going to be automatically upgraded to the Game of the Year edition and receive all of the post-launch DLC absolutely free of charge. So, over these months, we've kind of noticed that the game costs a lot more on the Oculus platform than it does on Steam or PlayStation or anywhere else. It doesn't go on sale quite as often. Um, and we've kind of wondered, you know, why would why would people pay that much for that game? Um, has Oculus done something to piss off Codemasters? We thought this was going to be an Oculus exclusive. Now it seems like it's the one place you don't want to buy it. Well, if there were any issues, that seems to be resolved now. Because all of this paid DLC uh, coming to Oculus users absolutely free of charge in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, see, my only big thing, because I looked into this a couple times, I kept thinking about getting it on Steam, and then it came to Oculus, and I saw it was on sale. I could get it for like 18 bucks. Um, and then I started looking through all the reviews, and the biggest gripe was the servers are always down. Now, I don't know if that's one of the reasons why they're giving this for free or whatever, or if that's been solved, but... You know, people were just constantly bitching that, you know, it's like, well, yeah, it's a great game if you can get in because <laughs> you have to have the servers up to play it. And uh, um, so that totally detracted me from from ever trying it. I don't know. I mean, I should try it because I, I can try it on, um, you know, Steam Share or whatever. But uh, um, it's that guy, man. He's still screaming shit at me. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, I mean, hopefully, I don't know, have you heard anything about the servers? Did they fix that, or is that just something that's, um, no? No, I haven't heard anything but uh, positive positive ideas when it comes to this game. People, uh, they were kind of underwhelmed with it at first, and it was another one of those uh, expectations were here, but the game was here. Uh, So people were kind of bummed with it, but as they played it 
over time it kind of did this and now people are just raving about how how great this game is mm. and how much better it is even than the first one wow i have to try it hopefully i can get online hopefully the server's up <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah uh anyway um so what what comes with this post launch content uh over 80 cars added in as well as 26 new locations to race such as wales monte carlo sweden germany greece and finland so roots a virtual coronavirus outbreak map for you to race in your rally car yeah, safer for sure i want um what was that uh was it outrun or what was the one where you cruising usa or anything like that that's what i want i want one where i'm racing across the united states or i'm racing across europe or something um something that doesn't have such sharp turns and and somebody screaming gibberish at me um <laughs> just uh but no i mean that I, I, I it definitely looks very graphically beautiful and uh um i don't know i i don't have my wheel anymore so i need to get uh i'm gonna get a a, a belt driven one when i pick up the one again and uh i'll give it a shot for sure well that, that's what it really comes down to and that you kind of you if you're me, you you want to play these games with a wheel, and I don't have a wheel, uh, so I kind of just when I'm thinking about what I want to play, these never cross my mind. Uh, I kind of feel like if I had a really good racing wheel, I'd probably be like Alex and just playing this shit nonstop. Do you think you'd be making um like uh belts and stuff for tension and um like seat belts and stuff? No. Because that's that's no, the I'd high probably, end of really getting in there, right? So, yeah, I I wouldn't be doing that uh, because I'm not technically skilled enough to build shit like that. But what I probably would do is I'd probably be turning tricks underneath the uh, Jefferson Street Bridge, <laughs> pay for it, uh, so that I could buy a um, what's it called the the motion simulator, Field Three Motion Sim. Only three thousand dollars, roots. Yeah, but uh, incredible that thing is. Yeah, see, I'd almost be torn between what I want that or what I want an actual, um, legit uh, wheel that's not. I can't remember what the the direct the direct uh, drive, right? Because that's right. expensive as hell as well. But I've kind of came to the conclusion after attaching the wheel to my last desk, um, which wasn't as solid as this one, that I literally want one of those frames. You know, and I don't know, I'd have to have a place for it, but I, I want to walk over and have it actually attached to something and have it be its own thing. I, I don't I don't want it to attach to my desk. I don't want to have a seat that folds out and put away. I just want an actual shit that's I walk over to and it's it's ready to go, you know? So well, that's kind of what uh, a good analogy for what the these simulations are they're they're kind of their own thing right you don't think or if you're like me you don't think of it in the larger sphere of uh vr games when you're thinking about what you're going to play or what you want to buy uh these you know games like uh this and a set of course uh or, or different flight sims even they're just kind of their own thing they're off to the side that i don't think about it because they have all this extra equipment involved and all of this extra uh 
detail and, and knowledge when it comes to how to set up the settings and how to play. Uh, it's kind of its own thing, right? Yeah, and that's what people don't realize when it comes to the wheel. Even that alone, just fine-tuning it, it's not as easy as you just plug it in and you go. You know, every game's different and some things you're trying to change or whatever. And I don't have the knowledge to do that like some of these people do. Um, but uh, even trying to play touring carts with a wheel, you have to adjust it because it's, it's set for whatever the degrees is. And you have to shrink it down to like 80 or 90 degrees. Otherwise, it's it's really bad. You're just running into walls and stuff. So. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, Dirt Rally 2 Game of the Year includes Seasons 1 through 4. So, they've had four seasons of DLC mm -hmm. already. You get all four of those. You also get the Colin McRae Flat Out Pack, which features a new Scottish location, Perth, and Kinross with 12 routes. The Subaru Impreza S4, uh, the Subaru Legacy RS, and 40 Scenarios spanning the legendary rally driver's career from 1984 to 2006. So they actually, they're, they're getting on the level of like the John Madden football of uh, reliving scenarios from this guy's uh, career. That, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Crazy. Anyway, uh, the digital edition of Dirt Rally 2.0 Game of the Year edition will be available on the 24th of March, while the physical versions for Xbox One and PlayStation 4 arrive on the 27th. Be on the lookout for those. Cool. All right, Roots, just one more tidbit um, before we go. I did notice as I was doing the research for this show that On Skull Games is continuing its Escape Room series with a third installment. So Escape First 3 will launch later this month supporting up to six players escape first three offers team-based and versus modes like the previous editions as a team you're locked in the same room while uh, the versus mode puts each individual player in their own room and the winner be being the one who first escapes uh, three new escape rooms here roots uh pretty standard stuff abandoned school haunted mansion and the keep of lost souls um roots i'm fairly uh i i like escape room type games uh, i have not however tried any of these escape first games uh what about you no i didn't even know they existed but the thought of um going into a uh an escape room in vr with a couple friends actually is kind of interesting you know because people do that in real life escape rooms you know and i i just think it'd be different it's different than you know um uh, an escape room game you play by yourself it's just different you know i'm assuming you have to work together um you know i would go in with wes because wes is good at puzzle games and then i would just kind of walk around and look around and then he'd solve them and then we'd move on to the next one um, but, uh, cause that's what ends up happening is I'll let somebody else do the work, but no, nah, it, it definitely is intriguing. It's definitely different than any game like this that I've seen. So I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Much like, um, the, uh, Loco Parentes we talked about earlier and the, uh, smush.tv that we talked about a few weeks ago. 
uh, again, this idea of uh, co-op gameplay in VR, it's a powerful thing, right? The, the way that you're able to go into VR and physically, I mean, you, you're not only in the game, but with these games, you're in the game with your friends. Uh, it's literally the best thing about VR, isn't it? And I think it'd be kind of cool, um, even the competitiveness, you know, you got three people, um, or I guess you could do six people all going against each other. I don't know if it's only three, but, but, um, you know, just being able to, uh, everybody racing to get out of there would be different as well. Right. Yeah. Well, it'd be a different experience than anything I've ever done before. A, a puzzle race. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't want to race you. It's a it's a different dynamic because uh, it's the atmosphere that you're in is kind of the the atmosphere where you want to uh, be calm and focus, but the added dimension of it being a race uh, it puts pressure on you. Do you think? And it is. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna. I was. I was... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying that that added dimension of having the pressure of a competition. Uh, could complicate uh, the puzzles even further. Now, does this does it change at all? Is it generated uh, procedurally generated or anything like? If once you've done all three rooms, you're you're kind of done. You know how to get out, or uh, I, th I think that that's it. The rooms are what they are. The puzzles are what they are. With that being said, uh, the first two installments were five bucks. Mm. So okay, so it shouldn't be that. Shouldn't games. be that. Okay. As long as it's not that expensive. Definitely sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, mixed reviews on the earlier ones. Uh, seemed like there were a few more positive than negative. The people who liked it loved it. Uh, the people who didn't like it complained of uh, some certain glitchiness mm -hmm. to the game. Uh, that they were experiencing glitches in it uh, through both iterations, part one and part two. Uh, people saying the same thing that there are glitches in it. We're one and two in VR as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are made for VR. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. These could even be in our Steam library. I haven't even looked. Um, mm -hmm. But if not, I mean, five port perhaps. And if and even if not, I mean, five bucks, man, that's it's five bucks. I'm 99% right? sure at least one of them is in Justin's library. That's just my guess, just because every other game under the sun is in there. So uh, it's probably right. a good chance of it being in there. We should look, man. Co-op co multiplayer game. They're all uh, they're all competitive, or I'm sorry, uh, they're all multiplayer escape rooms. So yeah. uh, even if it is janky mess, we, we can have fun together in it, right? Yeah, it sounds like, a, definitely sounds like a plan. Now I'm curious. I'm going to look and see if he does have any of these on here all right while you check steam in real time i will check byport okay escape vr the basement no i don't see he doesn't have it escape first not in here well there you go yeah. justin you're, you're slacking uh, you're slacking buddy <laughs> oh god looking at his in his uh, library he's not slacking at all well what's he only got 700 VR games, right? Yeah. Well, Viveport, Viveport is not cooperating. Mm. It wants to update 
because it hasn't updated yet today and that's what it likes to do all the time is update so yeah who doesn't want to update all the time we're not going to update my viveport live on uh live on the air but uh if escape first is indeed available on viveport i will let you know in the discord and you can join our discord friends it's really easy you scroll down to the description you click the invitation link and all of a sudden congratulations you are a member of the greatest community in vr yep. or at least in my opinion we have the best one right yeah absolutely the people in there salt of the earth roots yeah salt of the earth solid great people most mostly mostly yeah. mostly oh <laughs> uh, anyway i think that's going to wrap us up here uh again escape first three scheduled to launch for valve index htc vive and oculus rift on the 19th of march via steam so just a couple of days from now uh you can get in there with your buddies everybody can throw down a buck and a quarter roots and you can have a blast yeah sounds good Anyway, that's our show for this week, friends. What did you think? If you liked it, give it a thumbs up. If you didn't like it, give it a thumbs down. And if you're new to the channel, don't forget to subscribe and to click the notification bell to stay up with all of our content here on the Virtual Strangers channel. With that said, friends, we would like to thank you once again for watching. And for Roots, I'm Wes. We will see you tomorrow, friends. Bye-bye. Take it easy.